This is Waddle and Sylvie. Follow us on the gram at Waddle and Sylvie and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. All right, let's talk some baseball here. Pitchers and catchers have reported, and if you missed our big announcement over the offseason several weeks back, we are your brand-new home for the Chicago White Sox right here on ESPN 1000. The last time the Sox played on ESPN 1000, they won it all. So no pressure. 2005. No pressure. No No pressure. pressure. It's a good sign after all. It's our pleasure to welcome in Rick Hahn, the general manager of the White Sox on the Corona Hotline. And as we bring him in, it's a good time to maybe pop out of Corona and uh, picture Yoan Mankata with his uh, man romper on in front of a swimming pool. Can we get some Yoan Mankata? That's a renaissance man right there. Right there. Sadre Personal is the name of the song. And uh, there's a video that goes along with it. And, of course, as we always do, we always put our our guests right on the spot at the beginning of a relationship. Sure. And uh, Rick Hahn, how would you grade Yohan Mankata's singing ability and music video ability? I got to tell you guys, that's my jam right there. I mean, that is my jam. It's going to be my ringtone. And uh, hopefully that's our MVP third baseman, our MVP candidate third baseman. But uh, it's good to see that he's, uh, I guess we would now call him a six-tool player based on that ability that he showed there in that music video. Rick, do you also shop where where Mankata shops for one of those fantastic rompers I think he was wearing for Yeah, there's been a lot of times over the last few years when we've been on the road and, you know, our wardrobes have gotten mixed up, as you can obviously see. You know, you may see him occasionally in a quarter zip with a Sox logo on it and and me wearing the, the man romper. On, on the road. It happens. <laughs> that is, that's awesome. Uh, Rick Hahn, the White Sox general manager. It's great to talk to you. Great to have you on the Waddle and Sylvie show. Great to have the Sox on ESPN 1000. And look, I know you still haven't won anything yet, but do you give yourself a moment to kind of take a step back as pitchers and catchers report and sort of look at what you guys built over the last four or five years and say to yourself, this is pretty damn good right now. Pretty damn good of what we've accomplished. You know, it, it, it's a fair question. It, it came up yesterday during my opening press conference about sort of taking a moment and to appreciate where we're at. And yes, you know, I, I think for the scouts and coaches and, and front office staff who have, you know, frankly, you know, sat through some suffering here, uh, scheduled suffering to, to get us to the point of being in a position to contend. I think everyone should take a moment and appreciate that we're sitting here on the you know opening of spring training with realistic World Series aspirations. You know that that's what we aspired to do. That's where we wanted to get to. That's why we 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 started this rebuild. And and it's a feeling, uh, or at least realistic aspirations that we hope to have here for the foreseeable future. At the same time, as you alluded to at the start of the question, you know we haven't we haven't won anything yet. Last year was a was a real nice step forward. Uh, it, it was a nice taste of things to come, but it left everybody left everybody hungry for more. So, once we got back out on the fields yesterday as a group, you know, the focus to a man was on what lies ahead instead of, uh, you know, how we got here. 
Uh, Rick, some of the guys mentioned, I think Tim Anderson said it. I think uh, Lucas Giolito also mentioned that last year they were very happy with what happened, but they felt when you got towards the end of the season and into the postseason that maybe the, there was a lack of that killer mentality, the killer instinct. Do you share that same evaluation of what you saw last year? You know, I, I, I saw Lucas's and T.A.'s comments along those lines, and I, and I get what they're talking about. I mean, obviously, we were the first team in the league to, to clinch a playoff spot, sitting there in the one seed. And then over the course of the next two weeks, you know, the, the remaining regular season and then in the postseason, we just weren't quite clicking as the same team. And I don't know if that was, you know, as they put it, due to a lack of killer instinct or perhaps more along the lines of, and exhaling once you sort of accomplished an important goal. And then it was, for whatever reason, they had trouble refocusing going forward. Uh, again, that experience, that taste of the postseason is a positive. And, and one of the positives that comes from it, one of the many positives that come from it, is realizing sort of that level of intensity that needs to continue, not just once you you know meet that first mile marker, but enough to maintain it all the way through the finish line. Uh, we're talking to Rick Hahn. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. And back to Moncada for a second. You know, w- there's a lot of guys who struggled last year. Do you believe Moncada's year is an outlier based on everything he went through? Absolutely. Look, it, it was a brutal and at times perhaps frightening eye-opener what he experienced last year in terms of uh, his his COVID diagnosis and then more importantly, the, the toll it took on his body. I mean, here's a 25-year-old. Uh, you know, peak athlete who, you know, obviously is coming off a, a great year in 19 and the trajectory is on the up and up. Uh, and he was just gassed. I mean, you saw publicly uh, late in the season, we had a game in, in Cleveland where he went from first to home. And, you know, by the time he got to the dugout, like the training staff and coaching staff had to like surround him because he couldn't catch his breath. We weren't sure he was going to be able to physically take the field the next half inning. There were also times that, that weren't public, you know, over the course of the season, he'd go out for some pregame work and, you know, Super Joe McEwen would hit him some ground balls and eight to 10 ground balls in, and he's, he's just gassed. And, and so you saw the physical toll that this disease uh, can, can take upon people, much less, you know, someone at the peak of their athletic ability. It, it was frightening. That said, the good news is, knock on wood, uh, as evidenced by that, kicking music video uh (laughs) he is back to feeling himself he feels great he's strong he's gone through numerous workouts and and this should all be behind him now rick how would you describe the challenges that everyone faced playing a season during a pandemic and and how many of those challenges exist now going into the 2021 season yeah, look, we, we were, it, it was challenges continue. Look, we're, we've upgraded the degree of difficulty. We're going to be, uh, instead of playing 60, we're going to play 162. And we're, instead of staying within, you know, the central region of the United States, we're going to be traveling all over the country. So, you know, the, we have the benefit of learning from our own experience last summer uh, as a league. And we've been able to go to school, obviously, a little bit on the NFL and NBA and hockey and, and the colleges to try to come up with the best practices. So, you know, we've, uh, MLB, and the Players Association have tightened up the protocols some as we as we got here out to Arizona and the other teams in Florida, but it's still going to be a challenge. I mean, we are still dealing with a essentially rampaging public health crisis that we're trying to you know have some degree of normalcy to get through. I, I got to say, uh, 
the amount of work done by our stadium ops people and our and our medical staff and our trainers is just remarkable to to get us to this point. And the players have done and staff has done their part to you know do everything in their power to stay healthy. But it, it's it's going to be a challenge, but hopefully one that in, over the course of the summer gets easier and easier as this thing dissipates. And with that, Rick, and I know it's not your department exactly, but you mentioned the fans and you mentioned how much they should enjoy this team now after everything they've been through. Do you believe that there will be fans in the stands on the south side at some point this year? Oh, I hope so. I mean, look, we all want that. Certainly, you know, White Sox fans, White Sox organization, Major League Baseball, everyone wants that. At the same time, we need to defer to the public health experts in the city and the state and the county and, and follow their guidance. So I'm, I'm personally going to be optimistic. Uh, it certainly seems like things are starting to trend the right way. And obviously, with the uptick in vaccinations in the last few weeks, uh, if that trend continues, hopefully the the world's a lot safer place as we head into the season and then into the summer and we can start getting white Sox fans back out to the ballpark where they where they belong yeah uh, rick Hahn joining us waddle and sylvie on espn 1000 i was watching your your press conference yesterday and and you knew it was going to come you you continue to get asked questions about tony Larusa, and you mentioned yesterday that you don't want to rehash it all do you understand the concerns that the fans have and maybe even some players have uh, concerns along what lines? Because I guess the short answer is I don't entirely get them. So I, I, I'm curious what concerns are along, along what lines. Well, whether like he's a guy who hasn't managed in 10 years or what happened a year ago or his age, all those things. It's, that part, like, to me, yeah, that, that, that I do get. that, and, and Sorry, I didn't quite get the question at first, but I, I do get that, and Tony gets that, and I think he's been up front uh, about he knows there's he starts from zero the way he puts it you know he has to earn the players trust and faith and then ultimately earn the fans trust and faith that he's the right guy uh you know i'm 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 probably as i alluded to yesterday i think i'm probably the wrong guy to ask and that i've had the benefit of the last four or five months of seeing his work ethic, of seeing his attention to detail, of seeing his energy, how he's interacted with the players that he's been able to interact with, and, and the amount of work that he's put in uh, over the last several months out here in Arizona, uh, where he essentially moved once he got the job. So I, I've got the I've had the privilege of sort of seeing him in action, which certainly an, would answer any questions uh, that I think any fans or players would have once they get exposed to that. But I've been exposed to it already, and it's going to take a few more weeks or months for. Uh, you know, the rest of White Sox fans to, to see that themselves and, and hopefully understand why uh, he's viewed as the right guy. And, and Rick, it sounds like you're convinced that he will mesh, mesh well with your young, talented, energetic team. Do you get the sense that your your young team is also going to mesh well with him and that they are excited about working with him and, and picking his baseball brain? I do. And I think that's the sort of a, a bit of the element that I don't know, maybe get lost a little bit early on in that certainly there's a, a, you know, generational element to interacting across the generations or the off the field interests of the current generation of players versus what he was used to that was, you know, understandably discussed early on in the process. But I think the part you hit on there is really important that his baseball bona fides and his baseball expertise and his, his knowledge and success are virtually unparalleled in the game today. And our young players who want to get better, who want to get to the promised land where he's been before, are really, you know, 
gobbling that up from him. Like they they want to be around that and they are eager to learn from him. And it's also let's keep in mind it's not just Tony. Like I'm couldn't be happier with the staff that we've been able to put together along with Tony. You know, Ethan Katz on the pitching side and adding guys like Jerry Naren and his experience to the group and Miguel Cairo. Like, we've got a really, really strong staff here that, you know, if perhaps there's one element of a, of a player's life that, you know, Tony might not necessarily connect to, we've got a lot of different strong personalities around here that I, I think will pick up with any whatever slack may exist. One of the other big stories of pitchers and catchers reporting, Rick, is is Michael Kopech being back with the team and being healthy. Uh, you've alluded to some sort of a, a maybe a special role to get him going all the way through October. Are you alluding that he could start the year in the bullpen? That's certainly a possibility, Sylvie. Here's the thing: we uh, and, and we've discussed this with Michael, and you know we can certainly make it clear that long term we view him still as a potential premium starter we think he's part of a very good long t- rotation for a long time but we have to be aware of two things one you know for the last two years he hasn't faced any hitters so we're not building up off of a very solid innings base right now it'd be foolhardy to think okay we're going to give this guy the ball every fifth day and he's going to be strong late in the season. You know, eventually he's going to run out of gas. The second element uh, is that we obviously have pretty lofty expectations around here. We hope to be playing and winning ball games deep into October, and we want to make sure that Michael Kopech is healthy and productive and, and part of that. What, what's the plan for Crochet as camp begins? Uh, you know what? Not entirely different from what I just described for Michael. Uh, in that, you know, long term, he still very much has the potential to be part of a of a premium rotation. That said, limited pro experience, limited uh, innings base because of the year we all suffered through last year, and someone that we want strong and productive deep into the season and through October. So I think uh, certainly in Crochet's spot, you know, we've we've talked publicly about the fact that he's likely part of this bullpen. Rick, Rick Hahn joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. We had Liam Hendricks on mm. uh, the day that he signed, and it was official. We were so mm-hmm. impressed. Um, obviously, he's a great pitcher, and he's established himself here in, in the last couple of years. We were we were really impressed with the intangibles of, of mm-hmm. him sounding selfless. Was that one of the draws, too, with such a young team, having a guy like that in the bullpen with all those young guys? His makeup's outstanding. I mean, you 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 hit on it. The, the work ethic, the thirst for knowledge, the dissatisfaction with what he's already accomplished, and desire to continue to do more. I mean, he's gonna, he's going to fit in great, not just between the lines, but also you know uh, for the, the reasons you alluded to and what I just laid out in terms of his his presence with this young team. Uh, you know, yeah, I think he was he was available to the media I think an hour or so ago, and one of the things I believe he said was something like, "I need to earn this closer's job." <laughs> and and, you know, obviously the expectations is he'll probably earn it. Uh, but that's the mentality he comes into. And, again, not too dissimilar from Tony. He's here to earn the trust and respect of those around him. And uh, you like guys that, you know, certainly aren't complacent with what they've accomplished. Rick, you guys, you participated in free agency, but you also showed some restraint as well. Does, does that kind of lead us to believe that you've got a lot of young, talented players that you'd like for them to get a ton of experience out there today, uh, this year? Yeah. 
That definitely, that's definitely part of it. And, and I've made reference before to the fact that, like, you look at that run that the Atlanta Braves went on back in the 90s, and, and longer than that even. And I don't know if we're ever going to see a team able to accomplish in this day and age that, you know, decade-plus run of division championships that they were able to run off. But it's certainly a good aspiration. And as we put this thing together, one of the things we take from from teams like that is that essentially annually, if not every other year, they were introducing young players at the at the big league level and they were growing their own and internally giving them the opportunity to join the core that they had put together. Uh, we've got a lot of young talented guys here and certainly you can look on paper and be like, well, there's veterans available who's, you know, uh, maybe a sure bet to produce at this certain level. Uh, but we feel like we've got a nice, especially on the offensive side, a nice core there that is going to allow the room to introduce some young players into the lineup and give them the chance to, you know, achieve perhaps even at a higher level, if not this year, but certainly for their career, than that veteran alternative that could be available as a substitute. Rick, someone like you who's done the job for so long, you're always thinking about what's next. Does anything about this team going into the season keep you up at night? Yeah, unfortunately. It's a bad way to live my life. But, you know, you're always <laughs> part of the gig. You you always worry about what could go wrong. And yeah, I think that uh, probably all 30 GMs, if you ask them what's their biggest fear, it's 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 health. I mean, you, you just want to get through these six weeks down here, putting aside the whole pandemic element. Uh, you just want to get through these six weeks here with everyone healthy and intact. And, you know, not too dissimilar from probably the other 29 clubs. If we had an area where we'd want to add, it would be in from a pitching standpoint. You know, we're, we're entering a year where obviously coming off a 60-game season, guys are going to be asked to ramp back up to levels that they haven't been at in over a year. And you want to make sure you have enough alternatives around to try to get us through those essentially 1,400 or so innings that we're going to need this season during the regular season alone, at least. Rick, always great talking to you. It's great to have you back on ESPN 1000. Like Waddle said, no pressure. The last time you guys were on our station, as you know, it was 2005. So hopefully there will be a big celebration in October. I look forward to that. And if that's the fact, if you guys are the but-for cause for us not winning the World Series in the last 16 years, then I'm going to get on Brooks Boyer for not doing this sooner. Yes, I think that's a great idea. Anyway. Yeah, get on for, yeah. for a number yeah. of reasons. Good point. That'll probably happen anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Appreciate right, be it. Be well, guys. There you go. There's Rick Hahn, the general manager of the White Sox. Good stuff there. A lot to, dis, uh, to talk about, to dissect. We'll go through that coming up next.